Cool. Right, sh- shall we pray? Let's just bow our heads. <clears throat> Lord, we start this morning by thanking you. We thank you for what we have. We thank you for our homes, for our food, for our clothes. We thank you for our friends and for our families, for those we love and those who love us. We thank you for our church, for this church, Lord, for the fellowship that we share with each other, for this building, for the services, the music, the teaching, for the things that are taking place here and how you have guided us through the years. We thank you, Father, for Horwich and this community around us and the opportunity that we have to serve and to lead them to you. Help us to do this well, Father. We thank you that you are a God of mercy, of grace, of love, a God who guides us through the obstacles of life, a God who hasn't abandoned us, but instead sent his Son to save us and to give us the hope of an eternal future with you. We pray for the food on the table at the front here this morning that's been brought into church and for the work of Urban Outreach. We pray that it will help families across Bolton, Father, who, who are struggling, and we pray for, for them and we pray for their financial situations. Lord, we pray that you show people the way out of poverty. And we pray also, Lord, for others who are here this morning or who are listening to this service who, who are struggling, whether they are sick, whether they're feeling anxious or depressed. You know each of us, Lord. Help us just to cast all our troubles on Jesus and to trust in him to guide us to change us, to love us, and to, and to ease our burdens. And Father, we, we pray for our world, a broken world. We pray for an end to the suffering in Ukraine and other places where there is conflict, such as in the Yemen, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Myanmar. We see so much trouble, Lord, and we just pray for your intervention into those things. We pray for our own government, where we see such chaos at times, may they look to you to show them the right way to govern and to show compassion to those that are most in need of help. So Lord, just be with us this morning. I pray that you help me as I lead the service and speak of your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will move within us. Show each of us, Lord, what you want us to take away from the service this morning. We pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, so uh, my talk this morning um, starts with what Jesus taught us and the importance of having a good heart. We're told that if we have a good heart and we're good inside, then out of that will flow good deeds and good words from our mouths. So if we get our hearts right more than what we actually do, that's really what's important. As Christians, you know, we need to be very careful that We do look after our hearts, not in the sense of doing lots of exercises like we've just done, uh, but our hearts and and the way that we feel and and what we desire, and that we don't become hard-hearted and judgmental of others because that's easily done, that we don't create a set of rigid rules against which we weigh up others and whether they're doing good or not. So we need to make sure our own hearts are right and that we're not just wanting to be seen to be doing the right thing, and that we look good to the outside world, but we're good inside. Jesus often talked about not doing what the hypocrites are doing. He used this word hypocrites many times, I think, 
you know, it was a word that he, he obviously felt very, very strongly about what he was seeing in those days. And often the hypocrites he was referring to were religious types um, who just wanted everyone to think that they were good, in, but really they weren't good inside and they were far from God. I'm just going to read to you a few examples of what Jesus said. He says this, So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets, to be honoured by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to the Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Another one. (laughs) When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, They have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So Jesus makes it very clear. It's not about what you're seeing and what you're like, and actually we fall into that trap of worrying what people think we're like, and people think that we're we're good people, then we we really are in, in danger of... Um, falling foul of, of that, those accusations against the hypocrites. And he also, as well as that, Jesus calls out um, those who commit sins not through what they do, but what they think about and what they indulge their thoughts in. So again, what their heart is really like inside. We can just <coughs> sin through indulging our thoughts. Nobody can see it, but we're, but we're doing it. Not necessarily that we put these things into practice even. Again, here's a couple of examples of what Jesus said. It says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, but I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart so it's this mention of the heart again and what we do in our hearts and I I love the fact in many ways that Jesus looks to our heart because I know that a lot of the time I mess up what I do but sometimes I'm doing it out of a good heart and you still manage to get it wrong and to upset people or annoy people even though you're doing it out of a good heart and I'm pleased therefore that Jesus says I understand you were doing that out of the right motives and it's good that that, that's, that's a good thing. On the, on the flip side of that, it's a real challenge to us, isn't it? That God knows our hearts so well. So there's nothing that we can hide from him at all. He's, he doesn't just look at our visible actions, but he knows what we're, what we're thinking about inside. Um, and our visible actions don't count for anything unless they come from a pure heart. So let's have a look. It's a long intro. But let's have a look this morning at what it means to have a pure, pure heart and how we might be able to, to cultivate one. And the Bible verse that I wanted us to look at this morning is taken from the Sermon of the Mount. 
don't think you need your Bibles because it's so short. <laughs> so Bible reading, it's a Bible verse that I want us, I want us to look at. Um, so in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, you say in, in the Beatitudes, one of them was that Jesus says, Blessed are the pure in, the, in heart, for they shall see God. Um, so when looking at this, it can seem impossible, can't it? Some of the other things that Jesus spoke about in that Sermon on the Mount were things like um, blessed are those who mourn and blessed are those who are poor in spirit. And we might say, yeah, that's me, I mourn over my sin and I'm, I, I know what it feels like to be poor in spirit, but I doubt that many of us will be able to stand up and say, yes, Jesus is talking about me there when he says blessed are the pure in heart. Because really to be pure in heart means to think what is right, Somebody who thinks what is right all the time, always loves what is good and always desires what is best. And also in that, the, the second part of that verse, um, they shall see God. What, what does it mean to see God? You know, that's just an amazing thing, isn't it? It's all that even the angels have to cover their faces so they, and were veiled so, because they couldn't see God in that way. But these, Jesus doesn't say these things to mock us. I mean, we can see God. It is possible. And these things are amazing, but they're possible because of what Jesus has done for us. And he gives us that hope of seeing God both in the current time, in this life, and obviously in the next life as well. Some of what I'll talk about this morning uh, comes from two long sermons, really, that I studied by a a Scottish pastor, a man named Colin Smith. Uh, I've taken those two long sermons I could be here for a couple of hours <laughs> but I've tried to shorten them both uh, so I've turned it into two, two 15 minute talks either side of communion this morning um, and the first part really covers what does it mean to be pure in heart and the second part looks at how we can try and gain a, a pure or a clean heart so looking at the first part of that now let's start with what having a pure heart definitely isn't and it isn't about being sinless you know we we will never get to the point in this life where we just stop being sinful and having some sin in our hearts and in 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 we read if we say we we are without sin we deceive ourselves as Christians though we need to think of ourselves as on the road to recovery from sin we're trying not to sin and as we go through life hopefully we 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 sin less and it's a journey that we're on trying to clean our hearts so what does purity of heart in the bible mean firstly it's an undivided heart and secondly it is a clean heart so thinking about the undivided heart um bit from the King James Version of the Bible here, because I think it explains it well. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says, The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. Let's read that to you again. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. And the word single there is saying that if our eye or our focus in life, what we desire in life, is single, it's one thing, then we'll be full of light, as in we will be pure. So really, it's about going after one thing. It's about going after God, following Jesus, bringing him first in our lives. Elijah challenged the people, how long will you go on limping between two opinions? So the two opinions being on the one side, I'm following God, and on the other side, I keep parts of my life to myself, 
where I don't really consult with God because there are some sins that I dabble in and I just want to keep those to myself and I sort of flip between the two as, as I see fit. So it's not giving yourself wholly to God. It's not an undivided heart. Purity of heart is to will one thing. So when Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, one of the things he's saying is, blessed is the person whose heart is undivided and focused on me and my Father. There's a great prayer for purity in, in the book of Psalms. It says, teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. That's Psalm 86. So we're saying to God, here's my heart. It's all over the place. Um, Sometimes it's focused on you a lot of the time. I'm just getting on and doing my own thing. And I'm asking you to make it one. Just keep me focused on you. Keep, Keep me pursuing that one thing. So that's the first part of what a pure heart means. The second part is that our hearts need to be clean and to be cleansed. So like I said before, it's about really always thinking what's right, always loving what's good, and always striving to do what's best. I had this thing pop up on my phone the other day uh, when I was already planning to do this, so I thought, you know, this looked pretty good explanation, actually, and relevant to what we're talking about here in terms of what's in our heart. It says, You're holding a cup of coffee when someone comes along and bumps into you, making you spill your coffee everywhere. Why did you spill the coffee? You spilled the coffee because there was coffee in your cup. Had there been tea in your cup, you would have spilled tea. The point is, whatever is inside the cup is what will spill out. Therefore, when life comes along and shakes you, which will happen, whatever is inside you will come out. It's easy to fake it until you get rattled. So we have to ask ourselves, what's in my cup? When life gets tough, what spills out? Is it joy, gratefulness, peace and humility? Or does anger, bitterness, harsh words and reactions come out? You choose. Today let's work towards filling our cups with gratitude, forgiveness, joy, words of affirmation, kindness, gentleness and love for others. So it's really, it is those times that we're rattled, isn't it? When we get angry or whatever, or something's gone wrong and we flip back to our natural nature more than when we're we feel like we're in control and what's in our heart pours out like it says there so when we all I think most of us here we'll probably talk for everybody when we, when we became Christians um, we, we form a bond with Jesus and in that bond with Jesus we have a living union where Christ is in us and, and we are in Christ um, and we begin at that point this process of being cleansed but it's not a one-time event it's not like that just happens and we're clean and we stay clean we know that like i say we 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 carry on sinning but we're on a we're on a journey it's a bit like you take the car to the car wash don't we and it comes out it's nice and clean we drive it off we've got a mile down the road and it's picked up a load of dirt off the road already and we need to take it back and get it cleaned again and we need to keep doing that and it's a bit like that with our hearts you know we can be made clean but then we pick up all the, all the dirt of life, you know, and everything around us, and it just comes in and it pollutes our hearts, and we need to keep asking to be made clean again. And many people struggle with this idea of being made clean. They think they're so messed up inside that really can they ever be made clean? They sort of say, yeah, I understand that. Jesus has saved me. When I die, I'm going to heaven. Um, but 
been made clean. Yes, I'm forgiven. But can I really change? I can't undo what I've done in my life. I can't unsee what I've seen in my life. And I just feel so bad inside sometimes that I can't be changed and I've got to live with these stains forever. But the reality is that our God is a wonderful God and of course he can change us. He can give us new compassion, new love for others, new energy, new life. He can completely transform us. God changed the heart of Paul when he was from Saul to when he became Paul. Um, you know, and he went from being the main persecutor of the church to the most fervent, you know, God-filled Christian around uh, and created a lot of the early church. In the book of 1 John, verse 1, we read, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we can achieve purity of heart, so there's two bits to it. We need an undivided heart, just keep our focus on God, and we need to be cleansed. And that's what I'll talk about, how we can achieve cleansing of our hearts in the second part. Um, We'll take a pause there, and we'll sing our second hymn. Um, Deb's going to lead us in that. These words, let's really think about the words that we're singing and... uh really praise him this morning. Shall we stand together? Let me read you a quote from um, the former Bishop of Liverpool. It's going back quite a while. I think he was Bishop around the year 1900. What he said then, though, is still just as relevant today. He says, In justification, or being saved, our own works have no place at all, and simple faith in Jesus is the one thing that we need. However, In sanctification, or the word the Bible uses for cleansing or being made pure, our own works are of vast importance, and God bids us fight and watch and pray and strive and take pains and labour. So, let's just be very clear. What Jesus has done for us means that we we are saved. We, We are going to heaven. He's made everything perfect for us, and there's nothing that we can do. I spoke about this, I think, couple of sermons ago that, that I did last time there's absolutely nothing that we can do to change that, we can strive we can try and do all the best things in the world but nothing will change it, what Jesus has done is, is, is perfect and complete but our hearts being cleansed is a little bit different, it's an area where we do need to be actively engaged, we don't just expect to wake up one morning and find that we're changed um, you know, that, that, we're, that we're made new in that way we need to do something. Uh, but thankfully, we're definitely not alone in that. You know, we, the main thing that we need to do is to pray for the Holy Spirit to come in and change us. And God will, will change us and transform us. But some Bible verses that just reinforce this point about what our role is. Um, in James chapter 4, it says, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So we are to purify our hearts, but God draws near to us. We need to draw near to him. Another reading, this time from Corinthians, it says, Since we have these promises, beloved, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So again, notice there who's acting. It's us. Um, I'm very conscious that talking about this this morning and telling you to clean your hearts or try and get rid of your sin. It can sound very, very preachy 
uh, as if I, was, I want us all to be perfectly good boys and girls sort of running around all, all doing the right thing um, but really it's, it's not like that at all it's when our hearts are, are clean or when our hearts aren't clean and we sin the people that it hurts most are ourselves and the way we feel about ourselves and it also affects those who are closest to us and who we love I know I struggle with certain sins hard to believe I know but I, but I, but I do <laughs> I'm still allowed to stand up here you know what I mean and talk to you um, sometimes I annoy myself with the way that I think about other people I know sometimes I can find myself judging people very quickly based on nothing that they've done and I think it's human nature in many ways that we do judge people when we meet new people for the first time we form an opinion of them and Sometimes as Christians that can be about how they live their lives and how they, are they living their lives in the right way. And it's wrong that we do that. And I try and stop myself doing it, but I can feel myself doing it. I know that's in my heart and something I need to change. I can grumble and moan about other people. And we were looking this, at this in our Bible study on Zoom earlier in the week. Uh, and, you know, it's, again, not a good thing to do, but it's a trap that it's very easy to fall into. And sometimes I can just instinctively see the worst in people. I think that's because I've been watching so many politicians since I retired, <laughs> watching the news and just the way that they lay into each other um, and they see the worst in each other and everybody that they're commenting on. But I don't want to be like that. You know what I mean? I want to be changed. I want to go through this process of having a purer heart. And I feel like if I, I can do that, I'll feel more at peace. I'll see God more clearly and hopefully I'll have a more positive impact on those around me. Uh, you know, it's not that we want to be, like I say, pure in heart so that we're, we're goody two-shoes. It's that if we tackle that sin in our hearts, it will bring us closer to being the people that God made us to be, who we're meant to be. And when we do that, we'll feel more at peace in ourselves with one another and with God. So let's have a look at some ways that, some things that we can do to try and help this process along. And the first one is believe that Jesus can change you. So many people doubt that they can actually change. They think, I am the way that I am and um, nothing will change me. But yet, you know, they, they're not exercising faith in Jesus. doesn't mean they're not Christians. I mean, Jesus said to his own disciples, where's your faith? We have faith, but we don't always choose to believe how powerful Jesus in our lives can be. Um, so we need to have faith in Jesus and his confidence in his ability to cleanse our hearts, to change us, to renew us. Uh, and faith is the means by which we receive good things from Jesus. Again, in the book of James, he, he tells us we are to ask in faith with no doubting. He says, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the ocean that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything good from the Lord. That's in James chapter 1. So this process of cleansing definitely believes with believing what Jesus can do, believing in the Holy Spirit and that transforming power. Put your trust in him, believe in him. That's the first thing for us to do. Second is confess the practice of naming and opposing particular sins. A reading from 1 John. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess our, our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's this link between 
confessing our sins and, and, and cleansing. Um, so we need to think about this seriously. We need to think not about what we do, but just what's in our hearts, and then to confess those things to God. What are those things that are deep inside you? You know, some of, some sins are pretty subtle, uh, things like pride. It's not something that often people see, but, you know, a lot of us have have pride. It could be greed, laziness, anger. There's, there's a whole long list, and I think it's important that we think about those things. Sometimes it might be hard to admit it to ourselves, but unless we know the sins that we're asking to be changed from and to re- be released from, it's quite hard for us to tackle them. Um, so build confession of s- specific sins into your prayer life, um, and when you name it, that will help the Lord to help you. Third thing, the practice of immersing ourselves in the word of God. So Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. That's in Ephesians. So Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. And people who seem to develop a love for God, uh, develop a love for his word, and they want to understand it better, and they immerse themselves in the scriptures, and as they do that, you can feel your life changing. Uh, the more that we do that, we need to be like sponges, just absorbing that. And when temptations come along, like it did for Jesus when he was tempted, we, we have scripture in our minds and in our hearts. We can, we, we can offset that temptation by just turning to the truth and to the word of God, and that will help us grow in purity. The fourth thing, worship, the practice of gazing on the glory of God. In Corinthians we read, We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to to another. See, when we see God and we see him clearly, it's it's just amazing, isn't it? You know, when when we feel God very close to us, and that's really what transforms our lives. It's a bit like, the, the 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 verse that we're focusing on today, um, when Jesus says, "Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God," it works the other way around as well. When we see God, it makes us more pure in heart, um, because other things that we worship, whether it's money or whatever it might be, power or who knows what, we turn those things into idols. But when we look at God and we see how much more amazing He is than any of these other things that we've fallen into worshiping somehow then all those other things fall away. And also when we see the glory of God, it shines a light into our darkness and helps us see what it is that actually we're doing wrong. And sometimes I think people go through life, and I've done this, you know, if I look at myself now, I'm aware of things that are in my heart that are sinful that I wouldn't have been aware of before I was a Christian or even in my earlier days as a Christian. But you become more aware because that glory of God is shining into your life and showing you these things. The fifth thing, ask the practice of praying for purity. So a, a very short prayer in Psalm 51, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. So it's we need to keep praying and just keep asking for God to wash us on that regular basis and to be proactive in praying and asking for purity. Sixth thing, Persevere, the practice of getting up when we fall down. 
So in Micah it says, Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall. I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. So rejoice not over me, O my enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. So when we're trying to battle sin, like I say, sometimes sin is just part of our nature. We've been doing it so long, it's become so ingrained in us that inevitably when we try and stop and change ourselves, we will fail. The Holy Spirit will help us, but still we will continue to fail sometimes. And it's important that we persevere, that we don't give up, that we keep on trying, and we don't just accept that we're not going to change. In Hebrews um, chapter 12, I'll just read this to you. It's very powerful. It says, Consider him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be out of joint, but rather be healed. Strive for peace with everyone and for holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. It's such an encouragement that if you think about what Jesus went through and that we're being made to be more like him. We, we, can, we can continue this fight. We can have that desire to change and, and God will help us through that. And lastly, number seven, just to finish, on a real positive note, anticipate the practice of knowing who you are in re, and in rejoicing what you will be. In 1 John it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we shall be called children of God and so we are. So because of what Jesus did, we're already dearly loved children of God, and it's hard sometimes to sin willfully against a love like that, a love like no other. It goes on to say, we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And just, just a wonderful message that as much as we might struggle, we are being changed. We are being transformed by the Holy Spirit. If we let God do his work within us. And when we see Jesus, we will have this undivided heart and pure heart. And as we go on that journey, we will see more of God. We'll see him in worship more clearly. We'll see more of him when we're reading our Bibles and in his word, the closer that we get to him. We'll see more of him when we're struggling through life and life's difficult. We'll see and feel God close to us and see more of him in each other and in this church. And then when Christ comes or calls you home and you see him face to face, you know that you will be like him. Let us just pray. Father, help us have an undivided heart that puts you first in all things. While we know that in this life we will always be sinners, let us strive to change, hating sin and wanting to do what is right with a pure and clean heart. Help us to do this through having faith that you are in us and can change us. Help us understand what causes us to sin and to confess those sins to you. Help us use your word to purify us and to help us resist temptation. As we gaze on your glory, Lord, help us to be transformed into your likeness. And when we fall, help us get back up again and look to you for our strength. Keep us strong in the battle through anticipating the day when we will see Jesus and know that we are like him. Thank you that we can say we are dear 
dearly loved children of God. Amen. 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 Now, it is in our closing hymn. We're going to sing that. Um...